Welcome back to the Kenny Chester Podcast. Today's episode is going to be addressing the the question of the day, maybe, for you. I don't know. How to news in 2021. The idea being that it's difficult to know what to trust, which news outlets are telling you the truth, which papers are reporting the facts. And so we're going to discuss this in today's episode. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that you do as well. Buckle up. Let's get to work. The media is the most powerful entity on earth. They have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent. And that's power because they control the minds of the masses little famous quote to get us kick-started here today. I will wait to the end of the episode to let you know who that's from. It may surprise some of our listeners. Don't go jump ahead and find out. You can wait like the rest of us. And so today we're going to be discussing exactly how, just me personally, how I get my news uh, in 2021. I'm going to offer some of my insight. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm not even saying my answers are uh, the best answers. I'm just saying these are the ones that are working for me currently. And so before we do, I want to talk about exactly how we ended up in a position to where not only are we um, distrusting of our our legacy media outlets, and maybe you don't, and it's probably because they tell you, spoon feeds you exactly what you want to hear. And this is a religious, uh, there's a religious element to this. There was a, a prophetic warning that in the last days in the church that people will... Uh, hire people you know they called them hirelings uh and and they'll 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 want they'll, they'll, they also described them as having itchy ears the people having itching ears and they want they want a certain way um to be talked to to be spoken to in the pulpit and so if you are caught up in this new cultural religion i think the same would apply i think that you possibly might have some itchy ears out there and i hope that this episode if you're listening to it if you haven't already <laughs> left me a bad review and, and and unsubscribe from the podcast hopefully you'll uh, maybe see see some light today and figure out maybe maybe that person is not telling you the truth um and and it goes for both sides left and right and i'll get into that today so um what i'm talking about today is we have reached a point in our society that we don't just discuss policies anymore. It's not like we're, we're floating ideas. All right, here's the problem. Let's debate on the best solution, the best answer to our problems. And 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 the issue that we're having today, and it's just, I don't know, I, I really don't see how, how, how we can even get past this, is we're not debating policy anymore in so much, or rather we're, we're debating the actual problem. Like, we're, 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 and when I say that, I'm not, I'm not saying that that hasn't been true in the past. Obviously, somebody could say this is not a problem because of X. I'm not even saying that. I'm, I, what I'm saying is that we're debating on what actually happened, like reality. Like we would used to agree on reality at least, and then we would go forward and say, okay, now let's let's fix you know reality. Let's, let's you know what do you say, and then what do you say? But now we can't even agree on the facts, and so we all live in different realities almost. Um, and so how do we end up here? Um, this is the world that I was born into. Maybe you were born earlier before me, and you were born in a little different world. Maybe you were born after me. Let me just ex- from my experience, I want to tell you how I got to where I am in 2021 today. And how that um, influences, 
shapes how I do news in 2021. Number one, when I was growing up, I didn't have many channels that I could that I could watch. There was three major outlets that were uh, it was NBC, ABC, and CBS. Uh, Fox wasn't even a, a thing uh, when I was growing up as far as a major thing. It might have came in some point in my childhood uh, or entered into my awareness um, at that point. Maybe it was existed before, but I just didn't know about it. It was just the major three that you could find on television. And when I say television, I mean old school. We had an antenna. And during, you know, bad nights of reception, I would have to go out and adjust the antenna. And, and they would, my brother, who was older than me, I didn't want to have to go outside. My brother, who was older than me, would stand at the door. And my mom and dad would be in the living room. They were like, all right, tell them to turn it down. And, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, and you know the whole thing, if you, you, you remember that lifestyle. And uh, my brother would relay. It was like a, a game of telephone. He'd relay, stop now. You know, there'd always be some delay. I'd still be turning it. And it was just a comedy of error sometime. But that's how we did TV back then. Well, I remember the day that that cable came to our neighborhood, and we I was so excited because I thought we were going to get cable. We did, <clears throat> but the reason I was excited was because there was a show that I could only watch at my great uncle's, um, and it was Mouse on a Motorcycle, and uh, it wasn't even animated. I want to say it was like uh, stop animation, like basically where it was like live little, uh, I guess it is animated. I'm, what I'm saying is it wasn't like a cartoon, um, but it was like a, a, like a live figure, um, and I don't know if you know what stop animation is, but like it's very... Uh, kind of like herky-jerky the way the movements are. It's because they move it, and then they record, and then they stop recording, they move it, and they stop record. It's really it's really fun. It's nostalgia, if you remember that. But uh, I'm, I'm taking it a necessary uh, detour down the memory lane today. But that's that's the that's the, uh, the climate I grew up in. We had these just a, a limited amount of um, channels. And so that also is a limited amount of places to get your information. We would watch the nightly news or, you know, the morning news. I remember the local news when I was waking up for school uh, in Memphis. Uh, well, we, I lived an hour from Memphis, but we watched the Memphis news stations. Uh, it always had like this um, this tugboat, this steamboat. That was the, uh, the I guess, the kind of the branding, the call sign of, uh, it was NBC, um, the, the local news channel. And I remember that growing up and we'd watch the news. And so what I'm getting at is when we had less... We had less outlets back then, less papers to read, national papers, that is, um, less um, magazines. Whatever, you know, when you consider media, like where you get your information, whether you watch it on television, whether you get it in a newspaper, whether you read you know, some magazine like Newsweek or something like that, I'm trying to say that back then we had less uh, options available to us. And so at that time, the public trusted these institutions, they trusted these outlets, and not only them, but they trusted the representatives. And it's probably because the the representative, and I've read some uh, a really great book this year. I'm going to do a podcast on it later. It's called "Amusing Ourselves to Death," uh, and this guy's railing. This is in the '80s, and he's railing against um, how the news is set up on television, how he thinks it's the death of of uh, what's the credible, I guess, um, and and serious news shows. Uh, he's like, man, we get we it's like a beauty contest. We get the most handsome people that have the best voices to feed us the news, and it just lulls us. It's just a real. It was a very interesting book. Um, but anyway, we trusted we trusted the representative. We trusted you know Tom Brokaw uh, back then. We trusted who was the, the the famous guy Walter Cronkite. We trusted these guys, and so. <clears throat> What what started happening even then, and I think there was a kind of a conversion of two things that really burned that system down for most of us. Um, and I, and and you could take your pick on which is first, which which had the more imp, in, impact. I think it was the combination of both. At the timing is really what led us to the current uh, situation that we're in. Um, one of the things that happened that was that legacy uh, outlets had had started. 
getting major news stories wrong. Like if you check the early reporting on Watergate or the uh, Iran-Contra news story or the, even the, like say the Cuban Missile Crisis, what you're going to find is that some people really did not – some of these guys didn't really cover themselves in glory you know, obviously there were some news like Bob Woodward was, you know, him and his friend. I can't think of the, the other guy that was helping him. Um, but they were the the ones that broke the Watergate story, I think, for the Washington Post. And uh, and, and that was great. But what, what you found during even that time was there was a lot of legacy outlets still running cover. And so you, you the public starts, you know, you get the head cocked to the side. Be like, wait a minute. You know, what's going on here? You know, it's it's almost like these. It ain't like we have state-run media outlets that you see in these uh, countries with, you know, fascism and, and, you know, I have a dictator that can only have, you know, the, the approved thing. And so once you start seeing this, what looks like a, an alliance between the government and these news stores, people are starting to like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not us. You know, we, we shouldn't be that. And so it starts questioning people. So you, you, the, the dam starts to break just a little bit. Some water starts seeping out um, when these news stories you could see and obviously see that they've been covered dishonestly um and then again I, the timeline is a little fuzzy there which these stories span decades but think of it as when these things are happening also at the same time there's an explosion of new media and and the you know the rise of some of these uh, alternative medias um that that are they're coming up. You, you you look at like what Ted Turner did. Uh, I think it was Ted Turner that uh, started CNN. He was the guy that owned the the Braves when I was a, a kid in the '90s and TBS and uh, that outlet. But they, I think, I think he was the one that started CNN. Uh, this is one of the uh, problems with me not having show notes. <laughs> Somebody fact check me. I'm sure uh, out there. But I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm, I've got that right. And so CNN was this idea that you have 24 hour news, and and so they're on there all the time. Now you think of it back before then, you had a couple news shows a day that gave you your news and. You had a newspaper, and if you read the newspaper, you were done. You were done for the news of the day. And so now you have this twenty four seven access. If you had cable, um, and you had the 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 you know the right cable package. I don't even know if they had cable packages back then, but you know you had CNN there offered to you. And it's twenty four seven, and so you, you got these two things that are converging. The, the the public distrust in the media is starting to, or public trust in the media is starting to wane, and then you have more options. And so this is kind of kind of getting us to where we're at right now. And so when people start seeing other, uh, I wouldn't say sides of the news, but maybe more more hardcore, hard-hitting journalism, you start seeing that at best our media was was being dishonest, and at worst our media was, was just flat-out corrupted. And it's made me think the way, like, especially now, uh, when we're getting to where we are now, but especially now, let's say from when I was a child until I'm now as, a, as an adult, I look back and what it does, it, 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 I used to think, oh man, when did the media get corrupted? And now I think more of, when did I realize it? You know, because maybe they were always corrupted. And then back when there was only three of them, it was just easier to agree on, on a lie. And I've really thought about this a lot. I wonder, like, even like with Walter Cronkite uh, back then, I'm like, I wonder how much of that, you know, was, you know, him controlling the narrative a little bit. 
And I never watched Walter Conkright. I'm just saying, like, if it's happening now and they we knew they could get away with it then, why wouldn't they, you know, if they, they're still trying to get away with it now, why wouldn't they try then if there was a, a turning point? Uh, maybe maybe some of you uh, older folks can let me know. Maybe there was straight facts. That's what that's kind of what I want. I want the whole, you know, dragnet, you know, uh, the, you know what's, the, what's his face, you know, uh, just the facts, man. You know, that's what I want. When I, when I turn in to, in, when I read the news, if I'm watching the news, whatever it is, I want the facts, just the facts. Don't, don't give me anything else. And so with cable news arose this this thing, which in the newspapers they would have an editorial, they'd have an opinion section, which they people could, you know, traffic in opinion journalism, where basically it's like, this is what I'm thinking is going on. It wasn't, people knew that that wasn't facts. It wasn't, you know, the, the news. It was people's opinion about the news and, and about, you know, what we could do about the news. And so when you started having these cable news shows come in, they were starting to blur the lines just a little bit more of what was opinion and what was being reported as fact. And that's that's kind of getting leading into where where we are today, how we actually do the news. Um, one thing that I want to point out is that the media gatekeepers lost control of the narrative. And so the public now could go to other places. And this is very key to where we're at right now. And And if you understand this, you can start viewing what CBS and ABC and NBC and all these uh, people do when when it comes to I think it's starting to rain outside if you can hear that but what they're trying to do when they when they uh, discredit other news outlets is they've lost control of the narrative and they're the gatekeepers and so they're trying to discredit and you'll see this is what's what's weird about today's uh, media landscape is you'll find journalists going after other journalists which is weird. You know that they always had feuds and fights or whatever, but I mean, these people, it's, it's more than saying this person is dishonest. They're literally trying to deplatform these people. They're trying to kick them out of the public square. And for a freedom-loving society, and especially a member of the press that values freedom of the press, for you to try to silence dissenting voices, what's happening is, is they know that they've lost control of the narrative. Their gatekeeping ways are over. And so the internet, and this is where we're at today, the internet has complicated and possibly solved the problem. It's given us more options, but it's also given us less credi credibility. Now you say, well, if it wasn't for the internet, are you? No, no, you're wrong because they were already becoming less credible. And so now we've got not just different opinions at our fingertips and our phones and our earbuds, we've got different facts. And so this is where we are in 2020. We don't, what do you believe? And so this is, the, we're at the halfway mark of the show today. I'm doing good on my time today. I think I'm going to win the battle. And so this is, this is where, here's my advice on how to news in 2021. Let me tell you what I do, and maybe it can help you to do uh, something similar, but you, you would need different elements. I, I realize that. Um, here, here's what I do. I, I look at the news these days, since we live in such a fractured society, a fractured reality when you don't know what to believe, everybody has a different set of facts, not just opinions. I look at it as, and forgive me for all you super spiritual folks out there, forgive me for using this analogy, but I use it, I, I look at it as a, like a distilling process. Um, and, I, and when I say distilling, I know that it's been used for medical. I know there's distilled other things. But when I think of it, I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Southern man. I think of moonshine. And I think of how, you know, this, there's an elaborate uh, process in which that you take something from one thing, take it from this thing over here and this thing over here, and you bring it together and you, you, you know, there's a flame there and you burn all these impurities out. I don't know the process. I've never made moonshine, but basically I know what they're doing. I know they're, they're, it's a still, they're distilling something. And so this is what I've come to the conclusion on my news these days is there's a distilling process for me. 
that there's too much information. I don't have enough time. I, I don't have. I can't read every article. I can't read every newspaper. I can't watch every uh, show. And that, number one, let me just go ahead and say this: I don't watch the news, and and I just feel like there's way too much manipulation on the on, on news programming that they can't talk about a uh, situation long enough. Also, it's distracting to me that there's a serious news story going on, and then there's a commercial for Burger King in between it. I don't know, you know, for pillows, you know, it's just it's just weird to me. And so I, I and and I feel like that you, you get short bursts of, of information, and within those short bursts, I just don't feel like you get enough context. And so I don't watch the news. I used to watch the news a lot. I do not watch the news. Um, this has been something before I even was so interested in politics and news. It was actually a financial decision. Uh, we cut cable out. It's probably been, man, I don't know, seven or eight years ago now. Uh, and we use some streaming services, but we don't have any uh, cable satellite anything like that. So we don't have any cable news channels. I don't have any really nightly news. You say, Chester, my Lord, what do you do? I read, I read newspapers, I read articles. And so when I, and also I'm on Twitter. And so the, uh, and, and I'm going to talk about Twitter. Twitter's my number two point I want to make today on how to news. But the first in the distilling process and is that I, I curate my news sources. By that, it, by that, I mean, and I, I want to get into how, how to do that uh, just a little bit later, but basically, you've got too much news to process, so you need to pick, be very wise in how you pick which ones you're going to read. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you uh, just a, a brief story. A, a friend of mine, well, actually, <laughs> several friends of mine, this is no exaggeration, uh, right before the election or after the election, I can't remember when it was, it was a crazy time back in November of 2020, but there was uh, an abundance of conspiracies floating around on the internet, and I, there was this one video that several of my friends sent me and wanted me to watch, and some of them were, I believe this, what do you say? Now, there, I'm not some guru or anything like that. I don't, I don't want to set myself up as something like that. But I am somebody that, who takes the news very serious, and I, and I, I like to read, um, and I have my opinions. Obviously, I have this podcast where I talk about the news, talk about politics, talk about religion and philosophy. So I, I'm, a, I'm an opinionated person. And so some of the people were saying, I believe this. What do you think? Some people were t sending me the video and saying, I don't believe this. What do you think? Some people literally said, I'm not sure what to make of this. What do you think? And and I, this is this was my response, and, and it has nothing against the person who was in the video, but maybe maybe it is a little bit. I don't know. I want to. I'm trying to be honest today, but I, this is what I told them. It's like, look, man, I've got a dis distilling process, and I will watch this video if you want me to watch it and give my opinion. But some of them were sending me the video and saying, "Have you seen this?" And my answer was, "No, I haven't seen it." And the reason I hadn't seen it is because I'm in a distilling process. And if there's an impure source of information, when I say that, that means that I don't trust it. I don't think that that person has the knowledge that that requires my attention. That now that sound that might not that might sound very arrogant. I'm not talking about as a person in regular conversation. I'm talking about when I turn my attention to what tell me what's going on in the world. I want a different standard of of journalism. And so, uh, one of my friends said, "What what's going on with all these uh, these guys these the these guys in hoodies in their car making these videos?" And everybody, <laughs> he says, "Why is it always a guy in a, in a guy in a hoodie in a car?" And I, it just it just it struck me as like, man, that's a that's a pretty funny. Uh, and and uh, it's it's one of those things. It's like a, it's a meme, but not in the meme sense that you know, like a funny meme. It's like it's it's it's, it's kind of a thing that we kind of 
we know when we see it, it represents something else. It represents all the guys, you know, in the hoodies, in the cars, making videos. But this has become a thing where everybody's like, oh, yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. And I, and I, and I would tell these people, they'd send me these videos. I'm like, I don't listen to that. I, I'm sorry. And this is the, the reasoning behind that is I've got, I've got a certain process that I'm trying to listen. And if, I, and if I throw something like that in, it lowers my averages. Think of it this way, that if, you, if, if you've got, you know, a baseball team and you want to bat 300, you know, it's not very easy to bat 300 in, in a Major League Baseball. Uh, uh, it's it, you know some some of the best guys you know out there struggle. You know, they they get they start hitting under 300, and you know people start looking, and so you that's like three out of ten. I want my news sources to be better than three out of ten. But let's just say let's just say three out of ten, just keeping with the ba- baseball analogy. If I throw somebody in there that's missing nine out of ten, or even ten out of ten. They're going to lower the whole team's average. And so if I'm in a distilling process where I'm trying to process like good news and trying to figure out what's going on, if I throw in a crazy, and when I say a crazy, listen, I think Alex Jones is very entertaining, but I think Alex Jones is also crazy. I like watching him on Joe Rogan because he's crazy, and but it's inter- interesting. I'm not saying that Alex Jones gets everything wrong, but he's got a lot of things wrong. And so when, when and, and, and that's just one I'm going to throw out there. I'm, I, it's not my point. Obviously, he's got a huge following. He's very successful, uh, but I think he blurs the lines of entertainment conspiracy and that most people know that watching him they watch him from get the entertainment value out of him i understand that but i'm not going uh to lower my averages when i'm when i'm genuinely seeking to figure out what is going on in the world um and and that goes from both sides of the political spectrum there are crazies on both sides so what do you do chester you take you take what you feel is credible and not one person is credible, like 100% all the time. This guy don't have any biases. This guy don't have any uh, opinions. This guy don't have any leanings to the left or the right. There's, they're, 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 we, the world we live in, we, that person doesn't exist anymore. And so what you got to do is you got to put him against someone else, and then you got to distill the truth out of that. Okay, they said this. They said this. And I was talking to my, 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 my good friend John about this the other day. And he was he brought out the the old uh, the old saying that says, you know, there's three sides to every story. If you're trying to uh, mediate, this guy said this, this guy said this. So what, there's there's two sides. No, no, no. It's three sides. It's what this guy said versus what this guy said. All right, those are two sides. And then there's what actually happened. That's the third. And so th- that's what I'm talking about here. I'm trying to distill down. All right, this this outlet reported this. This outlet reported this. What is common and what is believable out of both things? And that's my distilling process. So how do I get my, my, my base materials? Well, I've already said that I don't personally, I don't watch the news. And that's fine if you do. Um, I, I personally don't. Sometimes there'll be a, a clip that'll go viral and I'll see it. But I select my, my sources. And, I, and what, I, what I look as Twitter, and I, I use Twitter for different things. Obviously, there's... Um, there's friends that I have on Twitter, but uh, Twitter's not my Facebook. I, I got off of Facebook a couple years ago. Got off of Instagram because I, Twitter was a different thing for me, and I wanted I did I, I wanted the the certain elements that Twitter offered and not the others. And I'm not saying it's better; it was just better for me. But I'm not I'm not on Twitter to be sociable, although I am sociable on Twitter if that makes sense. But that's not the reason I'm there. There's a book community that I love on Twitter, and uh, shout out to Apostolic Review community on Twitter. I love that uh, group. I've, I've I made friends from that group, but that's not why I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, and if you follow my feed, you'll you'll realize very quickly uh, quickly that I like to read news and share political stories because I'm trying to figure out what's going on, and it's 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 a it's a distilling process. And so this is what um, 
public intellectual and famous economist Thomas Sowell says, if people in the media cannot decide whether they are in the business of reporting news or manufacturing propaganda, it is all the more important that the public understand the, the difference and to choose their news sources accordingly. Now, this is kind of I found this quote actually right before today's episode. I was looking for something, uh, some somebody smarter than me, like a Thomas Sowell, that could succinctly say what I'm trying to say, and that is that the 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 media has lost the plot. They don't they can't make up their mind whether they're going to report facts or just straight up you know be propaganda from one political party. And I feel like that they've chosen the latter. And so it's up to the public to discern what is propaganda, what is true, and then we have to choose our our. Um, sources accordingly. And so this is getting to where my next step is. So on Twitter, look, here's the strength uh, of, of Twitter is the strength is that, that you can curate a news feed that can be credible and that you trust and you know that, that somebody's not straight up lying to you on there. The weakness of Twitter, and this is something that's also uh, with Facebook and things like that, is that it also can create a bubble for you. And my next step is going to talk talk to you, talk you out of your bubble, try to get you out of your out of your political bubble, <clears throat> excuse me, out of your news bubble. And so the strength is that you can curate the endless amount of sources and outlets and articles. You can curate it, but this is also the problem. You have to be able to say no to the people that only confirm your presuppositions. And if you can't do that, you need to get off of Twitter. And you'd be better just reading the enemy, you know, your political enemy, what they have to say about it, because at least they're combating all your bad ideas. Here's the thing. We, we, we want narrative simplicity. We, we, want, we want things to be described in a way that makes sense to us, in a way that, that makes us feel good about what we believe. But there's a danger in that. It, it's, it's desirable for us, but that doesn't mean it's not dangerous. And so you have to be honest enough with yourself to realize that, hey, I'm biased as well. And if I'm listening to news that never reports something happening that goes against my worldview, that never puts people that I would vote against in a positive light, then, my friend, you are in a bubble, and you need to break out of that bubble. And so this is what I do. Here's, my, here's, my, uh, here's some more uh, advice for you today. You need to read credible journalists. When I say that, I mean you need to read people that work for outlets that have skin in the game, that have something to lose. Now, there's some outlets that don't care about that anymore. Um, and and I just to be honest, I mean, I'm sure there's some good reporters at the New York Times, the Washington Post, stuff like that. But over the last, specifically the last couple months, they've straight up lied to the public in the years going back, uh, beginning of the Trump presidency. Not beginning, but I'm just saying, like, if you pay, pay, pay attention from there on, they will straight up lie to you about empirical fact, like things that can prove, and they'll have to print a retraction, but some, the phenomenon on Twitter that you'll realize, and this is the same thing, it's, it's been happening in human society before Twitter, but Twitter actually uh, shows you clearly what's going on is that you'll have, you know, 20,000 retweets and 50,000 likes on the false story, and then they'll print a retraction. They don't delete the tweet. You can't go back. It ain't like that everybody likes it, goes back and sees the retraction, but the, retre the, the retraction will be, you know, Half of that, if even, probably even less than half of the retweets and uh, likes. Why is that? Because everybody wants to confirm and spread the things that, that actually agree, that, that tells them that they're right. And so you have this, this, this bubble that you create. So what you need to do is read credible journalists with whom you disagree politically. I cannot stress this enough. Now, look, I'm not saying read the liberal hacks. Um, 
there's a there's a funny man he's so funny twitter account i had to unfollow him because he uses such unsavory language uh and that's something that i just can't do uh a lot of i mean i i understand we live in a, in a degenerate world and you're going to hear some things occasionally but it, you know i can once again i curate my own feed but his name is Comfort comfortably smug i used to follow him i can't follow him anymore but every year and i've seen it retweeted on my timeline by somebody else um he has a liberal hack tournament and it is hilarious <laughs> it's really funny where he pits like the worst media offenders those proven liars and um and he puts them against together like it's March Madness if you follow uh, college basketball right now. And so basically he puts them, uh, you know, he seeds them one through 16 and then he faces off. And it's really, really funny. And it's voted. People vote. I actually voted, just voted the second round yesterday. It's really, really funny. I'm not talking about those people. I'm not talking about uh, journalists with no credibility. I'm talking about actual credible journalists, journalists with whom uh, you disagree politically. And for me, let me just I'm going to point out to two. And you say, Chester, these people are awful. You can you can say that, but I really believe that they have integrity as journalists. And one of his name is Glenn Greenwald. If you you follow me on Twitter, I retweet him a lot. And the reason is because I don't agree with him politically, and I want people to show see that this man is reporting facts, whether you like them or not. And his takes on Trump, he hated Trump. Um, I didn't hate Trump. I wasn't the biggest fan of Trump. I voted for Trump. I'm going to do a Trump episode when I keep saying that, but I really am. I had my issues with Trump, but I definitely voted him over Hillary Clinton uh, and Joe Biden. I thought that he would have been a better president, and he definitely was a better president in 2016 than I think Clinton would have been. Uh, but anyway, that's beside the point. What I'm saying is I would read people that did, did not like Trump, even though I voted for Trump. Why? Because I wanted to make sure somebody was telling me something. I, I don't want to have any blind spots. Another guy's name is, and I'm going to butcher his name. I think it's Matt uh, Taibib or Taibibi. Um, he he's he's a fantastic journalist. I, he's he's the one that gave up a legacy media job. He was a journalist, and they were really restricting what he wrote, not in an editorial sense, not saying hey you can't use this comma there. Like they like his what he wanted to write about was going against like again the media uh, gatekeepers were like no we can't have you write about that, and so he started his own. Uh, outlet at one time, and I'm going to tell you something else too. That this this really a game changer. It's just this website called uh, website called Substack, where you can actually subscribe to journalists, um, freelance journalists. And again, you curate it so you could it could be awful if you make it that way, or it could be really really good. And so these are the guys that 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 I look to that I don't agree with politically. There's another guy who he actually went more conservative this last excuse me election cycle. His name was. Tim Pool, um, I, I came became aware of him. I think from uh, the Rogan cast um, way back when. Uh, he's got a Twitter account called Tim Cast, but he's a he, he really recovered. I think I think he was either with Vox or Vice. I can't remember one of the V's, Vox or Vice. Anyway, he's very just a hard hitting journalist, and he was more libertarian. He didn't like Trump or anything like that. I think he voted for Trump in twenty twenty, uh, which it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying as a, as a line, if you're trying to get somebody that's critical of Trump, he's probably not the guy right now. But the, those those three that I did not always agree with politically, but I, I trusted their reporting. Uh, and, and you can find your own. Like, again, I, I'm not saying that I don't read other guys, but the other guys that I read, maybe they do confirm. I'll tell you somebody else. Like, a, um, I love Charles Cook uh, from the National Review. Um, I love his writing. Um, I love, I, I, I don't want to get onto this. This is kind of like the preacher thing where you start naming names and, and then you, not, not that those guys are going to listen to my podcast, but you know what I mean. Uh, and so let me, let me, uh, we're at the 30, man, we're at the 30 minute mark. Let me, let me just uh, close today by saying a few things about the news media. Um, the last thing I want to say is 
you want to make sure to curate a flow of information and not a flood of information. Right now, we have the uh, the option to flood ourselves with with information, and if everything is important, then nothing is important. You understand, like a port, important sets something aside as special. And so, if you just there, 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 we live in a media landscape right now, where you could literally drown in information. And so, the the, the and. Politicians know this. That's why these bills that get passed are like a thousand pages. They know nobody's going to read them before they actually vote on them, and the public definitely ain't going to read them. And then we rely on these corrupted people to tell us what is in these bills. And so they say, okay, if we gave them three pages, they would understand what's going on. Let's give them a thousand pages, and they'll drown in the information. Well, you can do that with your news sources. Don't you're, you're not trying to open yourself up to every voice. You have to be selective in the voices that you choose. But when you open yourself up to those, you know you're creating a flow of information, not a flood of information. Um, I wanted to get into some funny uh, media hot takes. Uh, I might do that in another episode, but today we are at the end. I am so thankful that you joined me. This will be going up later today. Uh, it is Tuesday. I am out for vacation, but I'm excited about this week. I'm actually going to have a guest on my podcast later this week down in Florida. I cannot wait for that. Um, we'll see you next time. been listening to the Kenny Chester podcast. Please consider subscribing and leaving a review. Post credit scene today. Shout out to Malcolm X, our guest mystery contributor to that quote at the beginning of the episode.